1: Here are your hosts of Cornerstone Radio, Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on K-Praise. Good
2: evening and welcome to Cornerstone Radio. I'm Pastor John Simon. I'm along with Pastor Ed Brody today and Blaine Nurse won't be joining us. He's at home not feeling well. This is your first time you have joined us at Cornerstone Radio. Our mission is to break the cycle of homelessness and to help men and women gain control of their lives happy. Folks, we're so glad to have you join us tonight on our show. We have a special treat for you. We have a young man named Gary. He's going to be here today. He's going to play us a song. We're going to we're gonna have the producer give a sentence and then Gary's going to sing him a song about this. We're also going to do a little interview with Gary. Give you a little background right now, folks. He is homeless out there. We do run across him. We've met him through the park out there in um, East County. And Gary has been coming faithfully to church every week. And we're so glad to have him. And I I'm just happy to be here today, Ed, to have him here and you
3: here. and my age, I'm happy to be anywhere.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, when we wake up in the morning and we're breathing, we thank God that morning and ask him to direct his life. But absolutely, it's a great thing. You know, I'm going to start off the show. I just want to throw a few scriptures out there. I know you have a couple. I know that we were talking about forgiveness and faith last week, and we hit more on forgiveness and more on faith. But God's been so good about showing me scripture and that. But I just want to throw a couple of scriptures out there, folks, to you going to be reading out of uh, Galatians chapter three, verse 11. And this is what it says about faith. So it is clear that no one can be made right with God by trying to keep the law. For the scripture says it is through faith that a righteous person has life. And, you know, I can take you right back into Genesis two, folks. And I can tell you what it says in Genesis 15, verse six, it says, Abram believed the Lord and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. It's all about faith. It's not about our works. It's all about receiving that gift that God has given us by his grace and just having faith and that hope in him. He can do anything, he can bless you in all different ways, folks. And Ed, I know that you have a couple verses. Would you like to throw a couple out there that way too? I'm
3: over in Matthew chapter six, There's just one that I thought was kind of interesting. It started in verse 30. And he just before this, he talks about Solomon and his glory and flowers and all of God's creation, how beautiful it is. Verse 30 goes, And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? And he goes on to say, don't worry about these things, saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? what will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. And I think that's a real encouragement because I know as we we talk with the people out there that, you know, they can't just go get things, either due to money, due to they don't have cars and they can't travel around. So it's kind of hard out there. But with Christ, it says they don't need to worry about that. Yes that God's going to provide for. I mean, that's, that's kind of why we're involved because we're working for God and we're providing some of those needs. But it's just something we need to keep in mind as uh, as we think about the people who are living on the street. And uh, some prayers we need to do is God provide for their needs and God provide, uh, there's just so many needs, not just in food and, and clothing and that kind of thing. There's health problems that they need help in. There's just a a whole, a whole list. category, yes. Of, I mean, a whole list of uh, of things that they need to help in. So, you know, we would appreciate your prayers for the homeless out mm-hmm. there and help, and uh, for the people that, that we help. We pray for them, and um, of course, we would always like your partnership with us in at least in prayer, if not financial.
2: Absolutely. You know, um, this time I'm going to bring on um, Gary. Uh, welcome to the show, and I'm so glad that you're here with you. Would you uh, let the, our audience know um, a little bit about you? Sure.
4: I'm glad to be here, too. Uh, My name is Gary, and uh, I do country music. I write all my own music. I'm an originality, um, and I've been doing it for 37 years. I was married for 40 years to a woman, and uh, she passed away last year from cancer. I took care of her for the last 13 years of her life, because that's how long she fought the cancer. I was also a nurse for a living. I worked out of Orange County Convalescent Hospital. I retired out of that hospital, but... After my wife passed away, I just couldn't stay in our house, so I naturally I got rid of that. And I became basically, I guess you could say, homeless in a way. I bought a camper van, though, so I could have some kind of shelter. It's not much, but it's livable. It keeps me out of the cold. Still, I get the cold, though, at night mm-hmm. because it is an all-metal van. But I do the best I can. I go to the park where I notice there's a lot of homeless people. A lot of them are, I could say, a lot, off, lot worse off than I am. hmm and they they do their best, you know. Sometimes they can get what they need. Sometimes they can't. If I if I can help them out, I help them out. I don't have much more than they do. I have a small retirement check, but that kind of keeps me going. But being homeless is not an easy thing to do if anybody thinks it is. Uh,
2: <laughs> no, I, I they're going it. down the wrong road. A- yeah. Absolutely. You know, and you just hit it, um, uh, that saying just there, you were saying that you help them out. I noticed that a lot. We noticed that as absolutely. for uh, ever since I've been out there and working with and helping out there, I've noticed that you you usually all pretty much help each other. I, yeah. I know Gina used to get clothes yeah. and take them to people, they grab exactly. clothes. And I think that is so exactly. good. Yeah. So good that you guys do that. I mean, um, I'm really, you know, that makes, that makes me feel good, you know. Yeah,
4: well, that. I try to do my best. I mean, I think that I, I kind of feel that I'm in that park for a reason. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the reason is yet, but I kind of think that I'm supposed to be there because, that, you know, a lot of the people, the homeless, they look up to me, you know, and, and they come over, they ask me questions, you mm-hmm. know, and sometimes they'll come over and ask me to write them a song, and I even do that. Yes.
3: I think you just answered your own question i don 't know why i 'm there, but these people come to you for advice and what they can do yeah I think that 's why you 're there absolutely probably so
4: probably so
2: you, you know you 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 have a, a talent for God, um, God yes. gave you a talent and, I believe he did give me this talent, and you do sing you know folks out there what he does is that if we give him a sentence that he 'll sing a song about God about that sentence that we give to him, and you know i 'm going to ask Todd our producer over there. Todd, let's try to stump him, okay, and see if he can do this because he's really good. No one stumped him, uh, tripped him up. Not thirty-seven uh, years. <laughs> thirty-seven years. So you know, Todd, give him a sentence and let's hear him sing a song about the Lord.
3: All right, this is fun. All right, here's my sentence. How about the Lord? The Lord's love shines like polished chrome.
2: Ooh, you got Ooh, it, man. <laughs> <laughs> your work's cut out yeah. here, Gary. No, you got it. Oh, yeah, folks. So here's the Gary. sentence again: Is the Lord's what? Lord's love. Shines like polished chrome. You got it, (laughs) polished chrome. And here's Gary.
4: The road to heaven, streets made of gold, early white gates. Older like driven snow, there's no more tears along the Nile. You're in God's house. Only smiles. Wash away your sins every day. Don't worry if you fall, you'll hang and stay. Head the road to heaven. Those streets made of gold. You got those pearly white gates, they're like driven snow. You got the pearly white gates like driven snow.
2: Praise God, I that's just good. love it, hey Todd! Um, we didn't stump him Wow, that was <laughs> amazing, Wow, blessed to hear that oh, I'm just so we're so privileged, Gary, you know you bring joy to our hearts um here's a man that's down on his luck and um and the world's not treating him as fair, and here he's bringing joy to people's hearts, and you know, I just love that um Gary, um, can you um, I know times are um, out there it's really rough out there because of um a lot of uh, killings, uh, oh, a yeah. lot of things that happen out there oh, yeah. that we know. Of. I know that we have lost uh, a few people that we minister to that uh, tragic things that happen to them. Um, and, but can you uh, tell the people what it's like to be out there? Well, it's pretty rough. You've got
4: to go day for day. you got to take it as it comes along. I mean, there's
2: not much you can really do about it.
4: Whatever comes along, you just got to accept it.
2: Yeah. And you, now, you don't
4: have a choice. They don't leave you no choice, I mean, because – you got to do whatever you got to do to survive. You got to do whatever you got to do to make a dollar. And it, it's pretty hard because, you know, a lot of it is the law doesn't allow you to ask for any money. You can hold up a sign, but if you open your mouth, you're, you're, you're going to get in trouble. Sure. So you have to hide everything you do. I mean, you can't come out in the open and say, hey, this is what I got to do to survive.
2: Yeah. It's you, not going to be accepted. Do you mind if I ask uh, your sure. age? i 'm sixty 67. 67. so um you know folks out there it's just it 's not just young and and you you 're not on drugs no i See? don't drink i yeah. don 't
4: smoke i don 't take no drugs, nothing that's not prescribed for me
2: yeah, and that 's another thing that 's what i 've been trying to say you know there is uh, a homeless uh, folks out there um uh, out there uh, audience that don 't do drugs and that, and so we sometimes try to bunch that all together that 's just the way the perspective is brought in. That people, you know, that that's the way they perturb, perceive that you know you're doing drugs or you're drinking or some form. So um,
4: they feel that because you're homeless, you're
2: on drugs. that's, yeah. that's not the that's not the case. Now, um, is there? Um, I know there's not a whole lot of services out there for you. Is there?
4: Not really, because a lot of the services they're not spending the money like they're supposed to. Yeah. Okay. So a lot of people are you know are promised this and promised that. They're still homeless.
2: Yeah, I I've heard some um, tragedies about that, um, and I'm sure there's um, certain reasons what's going on. We we're not into that side, so I do hear certain things. Um, Ed, would you like to give him a few questions? Do you have any questions that you'd like to bring up together?
3: Yeah, you you talked about uh, talked about how you're not into drugs or alcohol. Can I ask how you got on the street? Yeah, my I, wife and, and I, I have a motive for asking this because oh, no, no I, I've talked to. Love lot of the police, they say, everybody's out here because of drugs and alcohol. And <laughs> no, I keep telling them that's not true. That's not that's true. Not true. So, I,
4: I, my wife and I were married for 40 years, actually 41 years. Um, she was my high school sweetheart. And we got married, like I'd say, oh, after we finished high school. I'd say about six months after we finished high school, we got married. Mm-hmm. And thank God we never had one argument, not one.
3: Praise God. We had
4: 41 years of beautiful marriage. She was... My sweetheart and it was there 's nobody to take her place there 's never be another betty
2: uh-huh. that
4: 's out of the question so you, you so you, what happened was when she passed away, I tried we had a um, four slide out thirty five foot fifth wheel trailer that I paid twenty thousand dollars for uh-huh. and we had it paid off
2: now and that that was a little back ago because they don 't cost no that, that they're,
4: was they're, no that was what we paid off 20, okay. yeah our payments were one hundred and fifty dollars a month, and I paid off the twenty thousand it took a long time to pay it off sure. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, um, we lived in that for 22 years at the Country Creek RV Park. And then she passed away from the cancer. I tried staying there. I really did. I, for the first month when she passed away, I locked the door. I closed all the windows, closed all the curtains. I unhooked the phones. I wouldn't answer the door to nobody for a whole month. I so never you, even came out of the place. So you got
2: depressed. There's more sure, depression, right? of
4: course. It's only natural.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: But I, tr- I wanted to stay there. But after a month, I couldn't because no matter what I did, I couldn't sleep. Everything, boom, her face was right there. I couldn't deal with it after a month. So I just sold it and said, I'm out of here. So I sold that for $6,700 to get started. Mm. And I found the van for $100, and I fixed it up and made it a little camper mm. because I could not stay there. So my neighbor of mine there at the campground told me, hey, you know what? A lot of people go to the Wells Park. So I went to Wells Park.
2: And, and been there since.
4: Been there ever since. Yeah.
2: And so this shows right there, Ed, that you know, it's not because of drugs or alcohol. And no, that. It, it's it, not. You know and, yeah. and I think each one, and it is, each one has their own um, yeah. story that happened. Or, yeah. in,
3: I, I would like to compliment Gary on the fact that he's not into drugs and alcohol because even though there's a lot of people end up on the street not because of it, but just the fact that once you get on the street, there's no hope, and they end up in the It's hard to drugs. get off them. It's hard yeah. to get off them. And, it's, and they end up in the drugs and the alcohol kind of in an escape. So that's kind of where everybody says, well, they're all drugs and alcohol. But they didn't all start that
4: way. No, some of them just can't face reality. Right. Right. So they got to have a cover. So what do they do? They go to drugs because why they don't have to think about reality?
2: Mm. Now, um, I hear that uh, that there's always a little complaints going on. They say that the the police take your stuff. Is that
4: sometimes what will happen is, uh, okay. let's say, for instance, uh, you get a police that uh, that's got, let's say, got an attitude or upset about something or not feeling right that day or for whatever reason it is. He'll see, like, if a bunch of homeless people gather together in the park, they'll put their stuff on the ground, you know, right next to them. Mm -hmm. They'll come up to them and they'll say, like, you know, something like, okay, you got 15 minutes to pick up your stuff or I'm throwing it in the trash. Uh, To me, that's taking away (laughs) the last little dignity that they have. Yeah. Because that's all they got. You're going to throw it in the trash because it's sitting on the ground?
2: Yeah, yeah, you know, I just want to make it to the audience too that uh, not not all the police do that, and no. you know, and, and but the thing is, there is a, a law that's called abandonment. If you're exactly. not 15 feet, you're within 15 feet of your. Uh, your Possession. possessions, yeah. then they call that abandonment, and they have the right to confiscate that and, exactly. and put the, and take it to their lockup yard or wherever they take it to. Exactly. Um, so I do want to make that you know, uh, knowing out there that all police officers are not bad. No, I mean, you no, know, no, no, no. It's no, just no. like everything in life. There's always a couple bad apples in it, and I don't want to say that about our police department, but um, I just want the audience to know that there is, a, you know, that's what they you call a abandonment. Cl-
4: you have your clinches. Yes, you do. Yeah.
2: So um, that was you know, but I mean, and how many? Um, and I know it's when we're out there and we're working with them and, and we're dealing with them and we help them through the courts. And that they have a thing they call a legal lodging. Yes. That does that, that. What is? What do they say about that to you? Do they say that because you're living in your van is that still a legal lodging as, as compared to someone it's, laying out there in it's, the park? It's,
4: it's a legal lodging, but they also call it habitat in a vehicle. Oh, really. Yeah, because they got a law that, well, at one time when my wife and I first moved to San Diego, we had a motorhome when we first came here, and if you would park on the side of the road, like somewhere like, say, some side street where there's no traffic, you know, no people at night, nothing, they would come knock on your door, they would beat on your motorhome, and it'd say, you know, you have a the vehicle. Now, that law works two ways. The law says that you, could, you can't habitat a vehicle, in other words, you can't live in your vehicle, but... If you turn around about face, the law also says you could be in your vehicle for eight hours and you could do whatever you want in that vehicle for that eight hours. After that eight hours, you have to move that vehicle 500 feet. If you don't move that vehicle 500 feet, then you're habitat in your vehicle. Mm -hmm. But the problem is they can still give you a ticket or still take your vehicle if they want to.
2: Okay. I, I was I wasn't sure on that, and I, so that's that's uh, very interesting to hear about yeah, that. Yeah, it's two ways. <laughs> yeah, that's you know, um, and and I understand they're they're trying to do their job, and and you're trying to live out there. So, um, Ed, um, do you have another question for him?
3: No, just to comment on that though. Uh, there's you'd be surprised how many out there have vehicles they do live in. Oh yeah, and uh, I drive by that park at night, and there's a there's a lot of uh, cars out there. Yep. Uh, and they don't close the park down at what, 10? Yeah, they close it at 9.30 in
4: the 930. evening, okay. and then
3: they open it like 5 or 6 in the morning. Yeah, but I, I see a lot of people out there in the early evenings. Yeah. So, uh, and, and we know quite a few that have cars that live in the cars. Oh, yes, we do.
4: Yeah, some of them, what they do is they, they stay there until the park closes at 9.30, and they sleep yeah. all evening until 9.30. Then they go, like, up by the 7-Eleven, because they're open 24 hours, and they'll stay up there for the rest of the night until daytime. Yeah. Then they'll go back to the park and go back to bed again.
2: Now that's when I hear the mom um, the the worst time out there and you can correct me if it's not true or not it's during the nighttime mm-hmm. and not so much during the day because mm-hmm. we see a lot of things going during the day, too, but it's at There's night. more at night. Yes.
3: Um, well, that's kind of scriptural, too, because uh, if you read scripture, it talks true. about most of the sin and the uh, <laughs> evil things happening well, in the dark.
2: Yeah. The dark, you know, the darkness. That's right. Um, we're the shadow behind.
3: covers all. Let's put it that way. That's away. right. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, Gary, I do want to let the uh, the folks know that um, he, he, and I mentioned it at the beginning of the show, that he's been coming to church quite a bit. And. Yes. And then after church, we go out and we um, we go because um, we have a few more homeless that do come out to the church, and we all go out and have breakfast afterwards, or lunch uh, depending on the time, and and we fellowship there, and um, and it's great to see you all interacting with each other and on um, talking, and um, that's where I get to hear a lot of things that I don't get to hear so much when I'm out there working yeah. and stuff, so. Um, Gary I, I'm just so um, it's so awesome to have you on the show uh, we would like to have you back I know uh, Lynette would like uh, she was going to sing with you so maybe we can have you come back with her when she she sings and makes sure. a song um, but um did you, did you have a song that you sing yeah you I have your,
4: a, yeah I wrote some gospel songs that I already have can, online can you
2: sing it within a couple minutes oh sure okay oh, and um, why don't we have you sing one more song to us and then we'll go on with closing okay okay
4: all right this song I wrote it's called the Road to Heaven." If you listen, or if you just ask, you'll find he'll come down with the love like polished gold. Doesn't matter where you are or what you do, the Lord is watching over you. His love's like polished gold. And it'll never leave your
0: heart
4: If you're down on your love The Lord will gain your spark you say a few words in the morning, get down on your knees and pray, just remember here he comes, he's always on his way. you know, he has a white dove and it comes along his shoulder. But just remember, it doesn't matter if you're young or if you're older. The Lord's love's like polished gold. Morning time in the evening, it's his and mine. His love's like polished gold, his love's like polished gold.
2: Hey, man, uh, I'll take that anytime. Todd, what do you think? He, oh man, my talk about heartfield. That was a, a great song. Oh, I just love it. I love it. What, you know, folks, that's you know, it's a good way of ending the show. I just want to uh, give a shout out to our producers and our producer Todd. Hey, Todd, thank you so thank much you, for God. your uh, sentence there. And we didn't stump him. Maybe next time when he comes on the show, we can try to stump him. How's All that? Right, sound? Yeah, we'll try next. Time. <laughs> we'll try I to doubt meet. it. <laughs> yeah, oh, I love it. I want to give a shout out to our sponsors. Uh, hey, we want to tell. Kim and Anna over there at uh, Goodwill, hey, thank you guys for helping us with the clothes. We want to give a shout out to, um, oh, um, Javier and his family over at Sombrero's. And we want to tell over there at Skyline, um, uh, Jeremy and Tim, thank you for your help with us out there. And also, Steve at Elkhorn um, El Westland Church, hey, thank you for helping us and sponsoring us. Uh, folks, we are a 501c3 nonprofit. If you would like to help us, you can get on to our website. That would be Cornerstone org, or you can give us a call at 619-715-6915. All the proceeds that you donate or um, give to us goes for the homeless, and that's in putting them in housing and also help them in, in hotels and giving food and clothing and stuff like that, too. Uh, Folks, I hope you enjoyed the show tonight. Uh, It was such a pleasure. Thank you for being with us tonight, and may God bless every one of you.
1: Thank you for joining us on Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse, where they encourage you to think big and act bigger. Join us again next week at this same time as we work together to break the cycle of homelessness, restore hope, and help men and women regain control of their lives. Your generosity, philanthropy, and charitable contributions are always welcome and remarkably make a positive impact on the lives of those in need every day. Take part in making a difference by visiting cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. That's cornerstonetransitionalhousing.org. This has been Cornerstone Radio with Pastor John, Pastor Ed, and Blaine Nurse on Cape Race.
0: Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells.